Welcome to Let's Continue the Conversation. Some conversations are inherently difficult to have, especially when they involve race, diversity, and inclusion. I'm Lizzie Morris, and along with my dear friend and co-host, Trisha Broderick, we're here to continue these conversations. We want to see our corporate spaces all over the world be truly inclusive. But for that to happen, everybody needs to be recognized as beautiful in their own right. I am a beautiful person. You are a beautiful person. Let's continue the conversation until the whole world understands this. It starts here, one conversation at a time. Let's connect so that we can collaborate to bring about the necessary change to make our world a beautiful place for all humans. If you are finding yourself motivated and inspired, learning something new, or a fan of the show, let us spread the message together. Help us to do that by screenshotting this episode, add it to your Insta stories and tag us at Let's Continue the Conversations. And on Twitter, tweet away, Let's Continue the Conversations and tag us there. It's time to continue the conversation. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Trisha Braddock and this is Lizzie Morris. And together we decided to do this, which is a little different than what we do on a, on a regular basis professionally, and yet also not different than what we do. We've been friends for quite some time, and we've had these difficult kind of racial or equity, pay, you know, like lots of different topics out there, discussions for years now. And it wasn't something new that just happened in 2020. And during one of them, Lizzie highlighted, and she's like, this, this is what I wish people could just do and, and see and have this kind of a conversation where it was just free, unfiltered and, and able to have the conversation to explore and to discuss. And so I, in that moment went, well, why can't they? Let's put it online. <laughs> and so that's what we do. We'll have a different topic each time. Our disclaimer to this is, this is really our friendship and our relationship and our engagement. There are chances we are going to say something that's not appropriate or not right, and we will own that and, and learn and grow with that. But that is part of this is having that conversation and continuing it. And uh, Lizzie, you want to tie in how and why we, we decided this was so important, especially in the workplace? Yeah, because I was just saying on Instagram that until our corporate workplace is a mirror of what the world looks like. Our conversation has to keep going, period. And whether it means that we've got to pass the baton on, you know, in years to come, because it still is not yet mirroring the way the world looks, then we will do that because we're serious about there being a seat at every table in a corporate arena where when people sit in the seat, they believe the seat is theirs and they believe they're worthy to sit in the seat and they're welcomed to sit in included. the seat. They're truly totally included. included. And everybody is willing to hear what they have to say and give them an equal voice. And until we're there, we're on the journey. No, I mean, we're absolutely on the journey, but we're not there. A classic example, and this was one of the reasons why we did started this conversation was we said, once it comes out of the news, when you start to bring it up, people are going to be like, well, what a joy kill. Why did you have to bring that up again? Like, you know, are you trying to be divisive? Yeah. No, I'm not political. Not. Right. And we're not being political. We're not being divisive. We're being human because we believe in our humanity, right? And we believe in 
everybody's humanity is beautiful and everybody's humanity, regardless of how it's packaged, regardless of how it's been injured or traumatized, their humanity has a place at every single table because we're living in a human world. And that's 100% what I believe stand for. And I have a total person who aligns with that belief with me and has gone through the pains of expressing those beliefs and standing by them to our own detriment, right? When it would be much easier to stay in the space of what is popular, convenient, and comfortable. Or easy. Or easy, easy. right? You, easy. Oh, you're have okay the with being uncomfortable. Easy. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's where we are. Well, did you have a specific topic for today? Well, we were going to continue on the topic kind of of this intersectionality because I thought it is so, it, it's the one thing, and even in a couple of clubhouse rooms I've been in, that tends to bring, in one word, the consistent challenge. So, you know, we talk about being able to show up authentically. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we, and especially in our community as agilists, we're all about being vulnerable and being authentic. Well, this intersectionality really challenges even you yourself when you think you're being authentic. That's key. It challenges you, the individual, too. Are you truly being authentic in your current space? So it's been challenging me. And so mm-hmm. I thought this is, this is a topic I kind of want to kind of even dig into a little bit deeper from maybe another spin. Okay. Well, bring it on. Right. I'm, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> so I've been, so I've been looking at this idea of who am I, what am I, and where am I? Okay. Right. Cause you know me and my coaching self, right? So I've been in that space and I've been talking a, a lot about it, but then I turned the camera on myself internally and said, who am I in the different spaces I show up as? So I have this, I have extreme introverted side to me that most people never believe exists, right? But I really do. And it's there. But then I started to dig into why is it there? Like, why is it? And why am I never first to the mic? Why? Why do I never feel comfortable being first to the mic? Why do I always feel I need an invitation? Even when others don't need an invitation around me, they'll take Mike. Why don't I do that? So Why? I've been digging into it, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's because I don't feel comfortable. And I don't feel that me being me, all of me, would be fully accepted in that space. So I don't feel I qualify. Now, so I'm working on that, right? But it's this. It's interesting because, (laughs) so you've got me thinking about this because I am somebody that will take the mic, that will just get up. But when I do it, I'm doing that to aid the person who wants somebody to do something. And I'm doing it to make, like to set the tone that you can do it. Like, so I'm doing it actually not for myself at all. Like it's actually usually trying to help the facilitator, teacher, right? right? Or to demonstrate to other people in the room. People don't like being the first, so I get it out of the way with sometimes. Um, so that's fascinating because my my motivations for it are not personal at all. 
Whereas your motivations for it actually were, are completely driven by that personal dynamic. Completely driven by it. Now, if I think, if I take myself out of the me and I'm not thinking about me, and right. I'm thinking that I'm going to serve somebody, like somebody really like, like what what I'm thinking like what I'm you, doing, right? Yeah. I go into that dynamic, then I can flip my behavior, and maybe that's because I'm just always in that, right? But I don't often when I walk into a strange space. Ah, that's interesting in itself. I don't look for who I can serve in this space. Wonder why I do because I'm not really. I mean, I'm a selfish person in general, like in many ways. So I wonder why. What makes it comfortable for me? So see, see, do you see what I'm saying? Do yeah. You, do you see how this thing just keeps it's? Well, I'm trying like to that. think. Is is there a time that I don't, okay, or so I wouldn't? Right, like that. I would hold back with it. Can you think of a time? I do. I know. I mean, I don't always go first by any means. No, but, um, right? but like, no, I don't think so. And I, and actually, this is just timing wise. It's crazy how these conversations can all blend together, right? I just mentioned the the social conversation last night. One of the questions that got posed was like, as a child, who was somebody that really supported and, and motivated you, made you feel valued? And my answer, I mean, I don't say this to dismiss my mom or or things like this, but like, the reality is, is my childhood was pretty toxic in many, many ways. And I grew up as a fighter, as a, I've got something to prove. I'm not coming back to this town. I'm got, like, I was, you know, it wasn't even, my mom, you know, didn't go to college. She didn't, right? Like the expectations were you got married got and had babies. Like that was, that was the path that we took. And so me going away to college was always this constant, like, I'm going to prove that I'm different. I had a teacher that called me a little bitch, like, like everything. Like, I mean, just a whore. I had one that told me I would mount to nothing in life and was McDonald's because I had too big of a mouth. Right. And I didn't respect my elders as she was swearing at me. Like I was like, of course I don't respect you. (laughs) And so I actually couldn't answer that question in a way that was genuine to the question. Like clearly my mother loves me. Right. Like, and clearly I love my mother, like, and, and things like that. But like, I was still always just the fighter. I was the one independent. And it wasn't till actually fairly far into my professional career that I allowed people to really, truly start helping me to really, truly. And so when I'm, I think for me a little bit, when I'm pulling these two things kind of together and, and, and making a connection a little bit, for me, it's always like, I've been proving myself for so long. And I realized how helpful it was when I allowed other people to help me (laughs) that I now am constantly in the space of how can I help somebody else? I think a lot of my fears of going backwards, they're always present. Like when COVID hit, even though financially I was okay, I was like, oh my gosh, we're like, like, like the fear of not being able to pay the bill the month, right? Like came rushing back to me and things like that. And so, so like, I think there is an element for me that getting to experience that and appreciating that more as an adult and having been the fighter independent, I'm constantly work in those spaces where the persona I put on a lot oftentimes is how do I help the person that's trying to speak or train or facilitate something and make it a little bit easier for them or for the other people in the room to make sure that they can have their voices heard. And I, I think I'm constantly trying to do that. And that's why I don't, turn it off as much anymore. Hmm. And that might be something I'm going to 
I'm gonna have to work on that part. Mm. But it's, it's like, okay, so I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the things I don't do on a norm is talk about my spirituality or my faith. It's, just, it's very personal. But lately, for whatever reason, I seem to be around a lot of people who are having those conversations. And they're bringing, what I, the way I term it is they bring their faith to the stage. That's the phrase I put around it. And I thought to myself, why don't I do that? And, and so I, and I've been dwelling with that. But yeah, I've been in a lot of rooms and a lot of conversations recently where people have been having faith-based conversations. And so it's interesting in those spaces, I immediately speak up. But it's interesting. I speak up to defend the people who are abused in those spaces because of faith. Oh, say that, say that again. I speak up for the people who have been abused in those spaces because of faith. So I immediately jump in to clarify or contextualize something because I spent many years really deeply kind of studying scripture and context and history around stuff. Because Not you, I can't see that at all. <laughs> right? Because there were in the faith I grew up in, and let's not call it the faith I grew up in, the community I grew up in around faith used to scripture to marginalize women. So one of the reasons I became such a feminist, it started in that space. Oh, no, we're not saying, no, we don't have to be submitted. I was always like, as a child, we're talking like five years old, six years old, seven years old. I would challenge preachers on stuff they would say out their mouth because I was like, that's not true. That's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to be that way. And I just constantly was always challenging. So when I, in essence, turned away from my faith, which is what a lot of people felt I did, right? When I moved away from the publicness of it, it was because I got sick and tired of the abuse that it was giving to people. And people weren't, I didn't see people being helped and cared for under this banner of religion, faith, God, Christianity. It just wasn't there. I saw it being something very different. So I just backed away from it. Just totally, totally out of the space. Totally came all the way out of that space. And recently I bumped into people from what I classify as my old life, right? (laughs) Who remember me back then when that was a really big part of my life. So that's why I say, coming back to this idea of when do you speak and why do you speak? I see I will speak out there because I don't want other people abused by something someone is putting out of their mouth that's out of context and going back and thinking, oh God, I'm such a bad person. Oh, I can't have a right. And, and going into those spaces. So, so let's explore this for a second. And you did make me have another thought with this. So that activates a little bit of that passion for you, right? Like that activates the... The instinctual, I got to speak up a little bit. Why does that not activate in the workplace at that mic? So, so, so that, to, that means in the workplace, I still feel I have got to prove something, right? I, I don't feel I got anything to prove in this other place. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I feel like I have something to prove in the workplace. So in the workplace, I've got to be, or I've got to be, or I should be. Versus the idea of I just will be. Is there just a dynamic though of that suffering where you're, you know, like to my point, like where I'm trying to help people, like 
that empathy of those people that are suffering though instigates you, right? Like initiates it, lights that fire. It lights. And that's exactly what it is because it becomes really burning. And I am a ridiculously articulate. But you have that in the workplace too, where you don't want others to suffer. Why does it not? Why does it not? Maybe I don't feel that in that instance, I'm still so, do you remember some weeks ago, um, this is going, maybe it might even be months. And I talked about the energy needed to have the different personas. Yes. And keep up the walls to protect yourself. Yeah. I think it's hard to immediately notice and be there for others when you're still trying to be there for yourself Yourself. in the corporate space. Mm -hmm. So you're still trying to, well, I got to have this wall, you know, so there's so much energy going to protecting yourself. Can I, can I, can I project this for a second? Almost like you're doubting whether or not you can help that person in that moment. Like you're able to, because if you still think you have, if you still think you have something to prove, then does that question whether or not you're able to help that person in the workplace? That is a really good point. And, and that's a question, not a statement. No, right? but, no uh, but that is a really good, that is a really good thing to, to truly ponder because if you don't feel powerful enough in the space you're in and confident and, and, and like confident, you know your stuff, you don't or, then feel you could lift somebody else up into that space of being confident of taking, you know, like, here's your seat, sit in it. You don't feel necessarily you could do that because you're not doing it for yourself. Yeah. I immediately, when you asked me the question of when I don't speak up, I went work base. And for the most part at work, I I will. But while you were talking, I realized, and I want to own this publicly and I need to own it, continuously own it. I didn't speak up and a lot of my personal circles. I don't take the mic when intersectionality issues arise. And I don't do it. There are a couple motivations there for me or were there for me that I'm constantly trying to challenge myself about. One was I didn't want to seem like I was judging that person because like in this case, that person might be somebody I grew up with that knows I did or said the same things, right? And so if I'm in any way judging that person, I was like, who the heck am I to talk, right? Like they know my secret. They know those history things. The other was an element of they're in a bubble. They're never going to change. I'm not going to change them. Why bother? And there was this like privileged, easy route, dismissive answer for me. Then the last one was, was really just, am I ready to walk away from that relationship? Because when I do call these things out, they're not going to like it. And they're not in an environment where often they can learn. And will I lose that relationship? Am I ready to lose that relationship? Cannot tell you how many people personally, as I continue to be less selective (laughs) in, in the conversations that I continue to have, like I'll have somebody will post some political, like some, like, this is just crazy. I don't understand. It was, it is completely infactual, right? Like there's no, it's, it's a total meme, right? I don't get it. And so I offer back, like, I'm willing to talk through this with you. And they're like, I don't talk about politics. You posted a crappy meme. (laughs) Like, 
if you didn't want to talk about it, why'd you post that? Right. And sure enough, that just led to like, get off my friend list. Right. Like you're, and, and in that case, it was just a neighbor. I don't really care. Right. But I, I did have to own that highlighting these intersectionality dynamics for people. They don't like it. Like I had a family member that posted an anti-immigration meme. She's Canadian living in Michigan. <laughs> I'm like, um, you're Canadian. My entire life you've lived in Michigan. You go over the bridge for your health care. Like, I, I don't, how are you posting an anti-immigration meme? What I didn't catch was the meme was actually of a Muslim woman. It was, it was actually a Muslim kind of anti-immigration meme. But like, I didn't even catch that part of it. But the initial reaction was very like, Trisha, you're Catholic. And I'm like, okay, let's get real. I, I, I may have been confirmed, but I have not been a Catholic in a very, like, there is no, no part of me that believes almost anything in that religion. There's just those levels that in my past, I would have just been like, oh, that's so embarrassing and scrolled on by. And I'm not doing that anymore. And it's caused a lot of rifts. But that's where I tend or used to not take the mic frequently, which makes me wonder if I took the mic more professionally. Because you weren't taking it personally. Yeah. Interesting. Which is also why it's that I need to help other people because I can't help. Because I can't help myself. When I was talking about the fact that I didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. in those spaces at the work necessarily taking the mic right away. And I, I, I realized I'm like, okay, I guess I am. But personally, right? So you put me in personal spaces where people be talking some craziness, right? I'll be on it in a heartbeat. I will be down my mother's throat. I will be at my dad. I will be at a relative who, um, oh gosh. We have a, my father comes from a family of 16 brothers and sisters, okay? Mm. Which means there's a lot of cousins, et cetera. Yep. And most of us kind of grew up in what I'd call segments together. Like a lot of us were born at like within weeks of each other. And then another set is born within okay. weeks of each other. And there was something that was posted, I think it was maybe last year, that I looked at it and went, what nonsense is this? And I like just called it out immediately like just I would not have done that a few years ago totally countered all of it and then I gave again all the background and I really offended that person it was a family member of mine you know and then they back channeled me kind of like I can't believe you did that in front of the whole family well I'm sorry but in front of the whole family you were you were out of context so every single one of those people could go away believing that because you kind of have influence yeah and they can't be believing that because it's not true. It's not true, right? There are things that are, I, I use this phrase a lot. There are things that are facts. And facts remain facts until new data emerges to counter that fact. But then there are things that are just true. So it is true I am a black female. It's true. It's always going to be that way. It's a truth, right? It is a fact I am currently overweight. That's not a truth. It's not going to be like always up here, right? So it's not a truth. It's a fact. And a lot of times we are taking facts and announcing them as truth. Oh, I like that distinction. Right? And they're not truth. And what we are doing with these conversations 
are helping people to understand here are the current facts, but these are things we can change by conversations, by putting people in power who will have the balls to put laws in place that do make true equality for all humans. We don't currently have anybody right now in place currently at this point in time who is demonstrating balls to do that. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I um, to Demonstrating them to make it equal for all people. I think who has the power to do it, not who has well, to have yeah. people come alongside them. And I will own that my privilege allowed me to not care about politics in a lot of ways for a very long time. But the more and more I learn about the two-party system and stuff, the more and more I just get like distraught because the ability for people to do that. Like I do think that there's people in Congress and, and things, but to your point, not single-handedly able to. And yet sometimes that's a good thing that are, they're not single-handedly able to, right? But how about... And here's a challenge, and some people like me for saying or not, but I don't care. But how about some executive orders? Because one of the things Trump did, we all don't like it, but you know one of the things he did when he got in? He took his pen and he made the things he cared about, put them in play, right? He uses executive power to put things in play. They're only temporary when they're there. They are only temporary, but at least it shows what the hell you're trying your intention, right? And Why have we not had somebody in power yet? Outside of, now, if I am historically wrong, please somebody send me and correct me, okay? Because I think I may be right, but I may have my facts off. If my facts are off, please get in touch with me and say, Lizzie, your facts are off, da 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 right? But to my knowledge, the only president at this point that has put in executive orders to foster and facilitate full equality was JFK and they assassinated him. Right. So my question is, why has nobody else since then done that? Because we have a legal system that has said you're equal, then a justice system that has said, no, you're not equal anymore. Well, no, your equality is not proven. Well, and this is part of like, this is what like, even in the LGBTQ community, like Biden just did an executive order to, and I'm pretty, I'd have to double check. I, I didn't look at the news things closely, but like, um, I believe he reversed the trans in the military ban on the transgender community in the military just, and he reversed that executive order with an executive order, but it still makes, it just still leaves a lot of people on eggshells with every new administration and and with things that are happening with trying to suppress voters yes. um it makes and at least it's being exposed at least it's being exposed immediately as they're trying to do but it. even being exposed it doesn't seem to be causing a lot of people ups- like and but i think that goes back to the intersectionality like what part what part of me today and they don't am care. i concerned about what right. part of me today am i showing up as today like for instance if i was part of the lbgq community I would be picking, am I showing up today per se as a lesbian or a bisexual? Am I showing up today as black? Or am I showing up today as female? Or as, am I showing up today as an immigrant within the country? What am I showing up today as? Right? That becomes the question. Yeah. When there are so many parts of you. And if you're somebody with per and se. And so many parts that keep getting smacked. Yes. 
<laughs> you yeah. got every you got I'm every like, alarm going off. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, because you know, I got my whole Mac system and I forgot. To I know, and it just and then it like rotates the right. machines. Yeah, it, it does. Um, it does. It does. Um, but like that's part of the dynamic is, and that's why I'm I'm trying to be better about just having the general conversations. But I, um, because yeah, like I can't imagine when every part of you keeps getting smacked. How exhausting that is. What battle do you pick? What fight do you have? Right? Because it's um, exhausting to it's be exhausting. that's what I'm saying. The concept of showing up as your full authentic self. Jesus. It's a whole lot. <laughs> well, and and also it's vulnerable. Like I'm able to have now more conversations about race and about immigration or different topics. I still am super emotionally triggered to the point of post-traumatic, right? And and I'll actually have an episode when I have to talk about abortion, um, when people don't, like when they're theorizing on a moral principle about wanting to save babies. And I morally totally get your passion behind that dynamic. But to your statement earlier, your lack of education on this topic and feeding into statements that aren't nor are truths nor facts <laughs> like not either and and as somebody who's had a stillborn which is in my third trimester where I chose to induce so in my medical record it is listed as an abortion because I induced a pregnancy I terminated a pregnancy that is the, by definition an abortion and so when people talk about third trimester abortions Often they're talking about stillbirths or talking about a sub segment of us that it's not, we're not waking up in the ninth month and going, nah, just don't want this baby. <laughs> There's no saving. Like, trust me, if I could have saved my baby, I would have saved my baby. And yet I have to engage with somebody that's having this conversation. Like, depending on the scenario and the situation, I can actually have like flashbacks during that conversation. And I just, I can't do it. In a way that isn't like, I'm going to destroy you <laughs> and I'm going to destroy it because you're theoretically talking about something that I've lived. And I know what that next woman who's got to walk in there and where they tell her, well, the laws here tell me, and I'm like, Jack, the laws help me right now. And what that means in terms of additional trauma for people. And so like, this is where I've tried to elevate myself in the racial conversations other conversations because I'm not triggered by that versus what we put on the people that have to show up with all these different intersectionality and we just keep weaponizing it and hurting them more by making them highlight why we're hurting them. You know, like we were talking about Osborne and that whole incident last week, but I'm still watching and there's still a huge number of people who don't understand that how Sharon Osborne reacted was just further racist weaponization during that conversation. And that's just completely missed because it was justified as she felt defensive. And it's like, and yet the person who <laughs> has to show up every day with all the, was the person again, holding the handout and saying, look into what my life really is. Look Please. into what that is. I want I want you to see me. I want you yeah. to really, in this moment, really see all of me. 
which comes into that conversation, right? Where people say, I don't see color. If you can't see color, you can't see me and you can't comprehend what it is I live every day. So you won't spot when somebody is injuring me or triggering me. You won't spot it because you don't see what it is I'm living through in this space. Well, and I I think that's what then prompts us to not want to continue the conversation. Like when somebody's like, well, I, you know, but I still believe this is like, but then you're not seeing, you're also then the person that comes up to me, you know, in March when it's his anniversary and like, I can't imagine how that must feel. <laughs> if you can't imagine the pain, listen, I'm willing to tell you, but you can't invalidate it. You can't dismiss it. You can't um, insult my actual experience for your theoretical, no, for your comfort. And I think that's the part that I'm realizing when I'm trying to have these conversations for myself and with others is when you start to look at those intersectionality dynamics it's not even just open yourself up to it. You're also having to own your part in that area and your contributions in that, whether they're passive or active. And so I think a lot of times for people that they just start to shut down. I know I've done it, right? Like, it's like, oh my gosh, I think of what I did there and it was so bad. I'm so embarrassed. And my brain starts to just get super defensive. And I just want to be comfortable again. The problem is, is it's very easy for me to get to that place if I want to. Mm. Whereas somebody you can, had- you can't, you can't. I think it was last week. I can't remember who it was I had a conversation with, but I had a conversation with somebody last week and I literally can't remember who it is. So my brain's blocked the person. After the conversation, I just felt like, I wanted to go back to bed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I wanted to do any more of that day. Right. The energy right out of you. It just, it just did. And I just was like, I can't do any more of this today. And then there was the beat up that I do to myself of, come on, you know how to snap yourself out. But I was just tired. It took so much energy that I didn't have the energy to reposition my thinking. I needed to go to bed. And just reset. So I I didn't go to bed and I went through the rest of the day, but I was so off. I I didn't, I wasn't productive or anything because I wasn't, there's a term I have, right? Where I talk about being positioned and being placed. I went through the whole day being placed, not positioned. So it wasn't, it just wasn't me for that day. You went through the motions. Yeah. That's all I did. And it was, taxing and horrible. So let me ask you think, go ahead. What could you have done differently during that conversation to avoid it or to minimize that result? I could have ended the conversation. Do you know what I mean? And I hear people say this a lot, that you have to protect your energy. I don't take the power to understand I can do that. So sometimes I give in a professional space, I give the people more power than I should. So it's almost like in a professional space, I make people kings and queens when I shouldn't because they're still humans. And the reason I'm doing that, it comes back to this concept of me, 
not fully seeing myself as empowered in the situation, feeling that in some way they hold more power over me and my future. And I hate, I, 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 oh, I can't tell you how much I hate that feeling when I feel like somebody has got power over being able to dictate how my future is, my world is. I hate it, loathe it, but I'm not yet in a position where I can tell everybody to just go, you know, whatever. Peace. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> just go do that. I want to be in the position where I can do that. I think sometimes that's what drives me because I want to be in that place where I can be just wholly, totally independent and I don't have to bend when I don't feel like bending. So during that conversation, was it a conversation that you were attempting to help educate or grow or was it just a conversation where you were being assaulted might be the over right but microaggressions were flying at was it like a continue the conversation kind of conversation or was it a conversation that needs a continue the conversation (laughs) (laughs) i think it probably was a conversation when i think about that needed the let's continue the conversation it probably because i also i I find i didn't have the energy Well, and so I find that I will stew over things that I'm like, oh, it needed that next level of conversation, but I just wasn't, wasn't able for whatever reason to go there in that moment. Someone, uh, a diversity coach that I work with, uh, she, she highlighted, you always can give yourself permission to come back, like to have it at a later time, like to continue the conversation, right? Like you sometimes the best thing you can do is end and take that minute for yourself. Because if you're getting exhausted, chances are your filters, <laughs> your approach is going off. Right. right. And, 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 I, and that's one of the things I know. I know when I start to do that, these wonderful, the wonderful me, you guys all seem to see that's very articulate and full of empathy just starts to get really snotty and sarcastic. I start to morph into my older self. You know, when I'm wanting to be this better me, so I'm constantly working on being a better me, you know, a more, a more growth mindset me and pull myself into this other levels where I know I can be because it's possible. But there's certain things that just pull you back, which is an alarm to say the journey of growth is always, it's always, it's always, man. I just said, there's some days, there's some days that if you could fast forward me to where I'm, I've really kind of matured in this thing. I would really like the fast forward button. I really would. I really would. So if anybody comes up with fast forward time technology, please contact me. I will be willing to be your guinea pig. Um, because sometimes I just want to, I want to move past the moment. Well, I also think, I mean, there's just the grace too of like right now. Like I did something stupid yesterday where I said something. I had an interaction with somebody and it just left me a little bit insecure. Like I just, I don't even want to go in the details of it, but it left me feeling a little like, well, screw you. Like I wanted a punch back kind of feeling. And it really wasn't a bad conversation. It really wasn't that big of a deal, but I just, I left it kind of feeling unappreciated and just very, I don't know. I'm not even sure the right words for it, but I basically wanted to punch back was how I left the conversation. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't resolve that, I needed to vent for a minute about it, right? Like that, just get that off. But then the venting part didn't feel right. And then I felt bad about the vent because it really wasn't that big of a deal. And then, but I vented, like if ever that was taken out of context, it wasn't really a representation of how I feel about the person, right? Like, and all these things. 
And then I start spiraling on that. And I ended up kind of getting to a place last night because I was really spinning. I'm like, do I call and preemptively apologize? Like, like I was like freaking out and making it so much bigger than it really was or is. And I, I ended up having somebody just go, you're stir crazy. Because the reality is, is we're stuck in our homes. Things are not natural, right? So we're all a little more de-skilled as it is. And so these conversations are hard on a good day. Being your full self is hard on a good day, let alone through a screen, let alone when I don't get to go dancing and re-energize, right? Let alone all of these dynamics. And so I'm trying really, really, really hard to own it, reflect on it, right? Like, don't just mm-hmm. miss it. Don't, I was, I was out of line. I got, you know, I took the cheap crappy shot, right? Like I need to own that. And then kind of go, okay, now give myself some grace. <laughs> like if that's the worst thing I've done this week, I think, I I'm think good. that in itself is huge. Can I say that to people a lot of times is give yourself some grace. Just give yourself some grace. We are. And I have to say this to myself these days. I have to say this to myself as much as I can say it to my clients. We are forever evolving. And we either evolve intentionally, which is what you and I are constantly doing, right? We're on purpose evolving, choosing to grow, choosing to push in those uncomfortable spaces so that we can get better. But we're doing that with the intention to be able to ignite people to be better. Yeah. We want people to learn. We can't, I want we this can't world to be do better that if we don't show up. <laughs> yeah. I can't expect others if I'm not willing to be open about it, if I'm not willing to do the work, right? Right. I do have to though when I'm when I'm trying to do better even now with me and how many years I've been kind of working and doing certain things and how open I can be and things like that, I still get a little overwhelmed with how many things have I not included that person with and allowed that person to be their full selves and with the best of intentions or whatever, but still you cannot not do the crucifixion. I, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm serious. You can't do it because if you do, you will judge yourself guilty. Every time. Okay. And then Every what time. do you do when you're dead? Who does your job? Who is going to be willing to be vulnerable? Who is going to be willing to have the conversations? Who's going to be willing to stir stuff up so we can get all the stuff that's on, all that muddy stuff on the bottom and realize we got to take it out the pot? Somebody asked me what my end game was or what am I hoping to achieve? And, and I like the stirring the stuff up at the bottom because there's a little bit of me that says, okay, as a female in tech, what made it so that I could be comfortable enough and hold my own. I don't think I've ever received a promotion and not had some gossip or rumor that I slept with somebody like once my entire career, not once has that ever not happened. Um, But I almost thought now it's so expected that I'm like, yeah, shocker, heard that again. But there was a point that I felt recognized, appreciated, valued enough that I could overcome those dynamics. And so for me, it's almost like I'm trying to embrace the fact that I'm like, to your sake, don't uh, crucify myself in the sense that I'm never going to be able to know somebody's full intersectionality, right? Like you can't visibly ever know it or be. Because people, the individual themselves 
might doesn't not. necessarily fully understand it or even necessarily aware of it. And we have an articulation for it. Well, right? Thank you, Dr. Kimberly. We have a we have an articulation. What about people who don't have an articulation well, about and it? That's the thing is like, can we get it to a place where it's just a good foundation and base that people can then have their choice if they want to be that inclusive or not. Right now, I don't even feel like we give people choice fully in the workplace. I, I don't think everybody has a choice to to show their full selves. And that's the part that I just feel like there should be a base level of inclusion that allows people to decide then how they can fully show up or fully be and that's the part that I'm I'm shooting for and trying right. not to like get in my head of, but that's not fully allowing somebody to be fully included, like, like going for it. Well, it's a step. It's an, I, I mean, if we come back to our, our industry, right? So excuse us for using industry speak for a second, but it's an increment, man. Yeah. Because this is not when you think about the concept that we have got this huge product goal, but it's a product goal that's been going on for and and one that not everybody even openly talked about. And I think that's my just let people openly talk about it. It's not a taboo topic to talk about these things in nor at the workplace because, because it's there. We're showing up. So just like we can talk about the flu and we can talk about COVID. Well, people <laughs> argue COVID might be in that. <laughs> Has now got into that space. Well, we can talk about flu. We can talk about allergies, right? Yeah. These are things that upset and make people uncomfortable and unable to to do their best work when we are talking about the concept of diversity in the human experience we are going to have to be able to talk about it because it is part of the human experience and everybody who shows up to the workplace is living the human experience they're not an alien that will maybe wait back 50 years before they tell us who those are right but and then we'll have another conversation about inclusion. Let's try and deal with the humans that we know about right now and make the space safe. Just to even give them a choice to decide if they want yeah, give, to yeah, share just their give, full give them the option so they can choose yes or they can choose no. And I do hope this has been very thought provoking. Definitely has been for us. We've definitely been thought provoked. As, as we process things. Um, <laughs> It is. It is. Yeah, definitely. But again, it is still because we show up. We show up because we want you to know there are people who care and who are serious about doing this. Now, our method and technique around this cannot be compared to somebody else's method and technique. So other people may be classified as extremely militant. That may be the classification you want to put on them because of how they go about it. But that's their articulation around their their passion, right? And that's how they're doing it. And they should be granted the space to do it that way. Just like, you know, whether you grant us the space or not to do it this way, we're going to do it. So, right, we're (laughs) taking our space to do it this way. But together, we're all under the same mission of everybody being seen as a beautiful human. Period. That period without equivocation. A beautiful human is everybody who walks on this planet. We're giving everybody that as base. Now, they may be at a different point in their journey. So their maturity, kindness, their ability to empathize, 
their ability to see everyone and realize that everybody should be included, they may not be at that part in their journey. Simple. But they're still on this journey. And we choose to believe, and I absolutely do, is that that person can be turned around and given education and given circumstances and given space to be able to make a choice to willfully evolve and grow into a person who cares about other people who look different from them, believe different from them, go through different struggles from them, live in different neighborhoods from them, are educated, coming from a different background, a different country. We're believing that one day, and see, now I understand why Martin Luther King said, so as I, I dream, oh God. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't really mean that, but I, I seeing that just made me, that didn't make me feel good. That just made me feel. I know, I felt it as you're going. Did you just feel, because yeah. we're still climbing this mountain. But here's the good part we're not climbing it alone. And we have social media to help us climb it with more people around the world than have ever climbed it before. And there are more people who are giving voice to it. And more people who are taking the picks to go, yes, I'm going to climb this wall and here's a hook, hook to me, I'm bringing you up with me. So there's more of that in all these spaces. So that's the good part. I had to find a good part. You did it. hundred percent. So what are you saying in closing, Trish? Find your truth. I like the fact versus truth. And so for me, there's the facts of today don't mean the truths of tomorrow. Facts of today don't mean the truth of tomorrow. Yes, because our truth of tomorrow is going to be better. Keep having the conversation. We gotta keep that. having the conversation. So everybody everywhere, we're closing and we're saying, please, let's continue the conversation in every place that you are. Be brave. Be brave. And when you can't be brave, just have courage. We are going to be building a community. We got a Facebook group. We're getting ready to launch that is going to be private. And the reason we're going to make it private is we want people to be able to feel free to have conversations and not have to fear backlash. So we're going to be creating a safe environment that will allow you to start having conversations. So look out for it. The group is going to be about respecting the fact that everybody is a beautiful human. And here's where we're coming in to learn about each other and to grow together so we can understand where we need to grow as a race of human beings. As usual, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here. And thank you for going through March and still showing up, sweetie. Thank you so much. You still came here for us. You still came here for me. And I love you for that. And I thank you so much. So keep learning, people. Keep exploring, because that's what we're doing when we're doing this thing called life. Now, just because the episode is over doesn't mean the conversation has to stop. Come find us on Instagram at Let's Continue the Conversation and let us know what you thought of today's episode and what takeaways you're leaving with. And don't forget to help us spread the word. Screenshot the episode, add it to your Insta stories and tag us at Let's Continue the Conversation. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over on Let's Continue the Conversation.com. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you next time.